Welcome on into the 2 3 podcast. I'm Cam, that's Zach. Episode 20, do you hear that train edition? Chugga, chugga, choo, choo, all aboard the ACC <laughs> win train. That's four, Cam. That's four. That's four in a row for Cuse Nation. And this one was a little ugly compared to the other ones, but. Look, when you were trying to come back from a season that wasn't so great, when you're trying to get on a hot stretch, when you got four in a row, there's not too much to complain about, Zach. Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a clunker, even from the, like, right from the jump, it was just like, oh, yikes, no one scored for, like, the first, I don't know, four minutes? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it like was a long a time, but yeah. it was 0-0 for quite some time, and it was just back and forth, missed shots. But nonetheless, we got the job done in the end. And before we get into this, this is kind of, you know, starting things off a little different. But I do want to highlight our guy, Elijah Hughes. He tweeted after the game this. Syracuse basketball usually gets things going around this time of year. Don't count the good dudes in orange out. He's right. That man is right. I don't know when Eli has ever been wrong. But that is the most right thing in the world. It's so funny. People are talking about how, like, this is the time of year when Cuse just comes out of nowhere and then all of a sudden they get into March Madness and then coaches forget how to coach against the 2-3 zone. So look, man, it's just all in being a Cuse basketball fan. You just live with it. It is what it is. You just enjoy the ride, man, and enjoy the uh, the Dub Express. That's right. Got to enjoy the Dub. And I guess we should we should jump right into things. What? How do we feel about this game? Obviously, it's a clunker, but... We still managed to find our shots and get ahead. And, you know, things got a little hairy towards the end. We're like, uh-oh. But luckily, we found our shots and still able to pull out a nine-point win. A solid nine-point win against Boston College. And I think that the guy that we need to highlight first and foremost, sack is Captain Cole, who played all 40 minutes. He had 21 points, eight rebounds. Chris Joseph actually calls him Cole Swagger, which I don't know. I think I like Cole, uh, Captain Cole a little bit more, but it's either way, man. He played his heart out um, in front of his fans and, and family. So uh, great to see that from from Cole, who just continues to put on really, really strong performances. Yeah, absolutely great to see. He made a good note in his presser that good shooters shooting percentage will even out by the end of the year. And, you know, obviously they'll have bad shooting games, good shooting games, and by the end of the year they'll they'll kind of even out. And he, he's on that wavelength. He's playing these last four games. He's been playing really well, shooting the ball well. And we've been high on Cole this whole year. Obviously he's had shooting struggles, this and that. But even even with, with his shooting struggles, there's he was impacting the game. And he's just such an honor to have on, on this team. I'm so glad he transferred to Syracuse. He's just a class act. And everything you hear from him on and off the court is just just pure class. I don't know. I'm just I just can't talk more highly of Cole. And look, Cole, if you're listening, I know that you really want to go to the NBA. I get that. I get that. That's the end goal here. But listen, man, if you got to stay one more year in a Q's uniform, you got to do what you got to do. All right. We would not protest having you on for one more year. But yeah, Cole. Really, really playing his heart out. And it seems like this is the kind of guy that we really expected throughout the entire year. And he just took a little bit of time to sort of adjust and get things going a little bit. But like he said in his presser in this in this uh, victory, 
he just trusts himself, try to get his confidence up a little bit. And that's got to be tough when you're a shooter and nothing's falling and it's just a little bit aggravating. You know, you might hear the voices of the fans start to kind of, you know, question your abilities a little bit. But to be able to silence the haters and put on the performances that he's put on the past couple of games has really been something special. Yeah, he's officially poofed everyone that's ever doubted him. <laughs> so, guy, love to see that. He's to everyone. And, you know, shooting great again. And he's a shooter. He's been a certified shooter. And it's just, I don't know, it just feels really good that he, he is he is who we, we, we knew he was. And, and, he, and he's here to stay. So it just feels good. Yeah, and I think that the fans are really starting to appreciate him again. And I think that for a while, like, like I said, they were sort of doubting him a little bit. But like you said, Zach, you just pff, get out of here with that heat. He doesn't like the hate. It's all love here on the 2-3 podcast, and we love Captain Cole to death. Let's move on to Joe, who had a very, very good second half, scoring 17 points in the second half. In total, he had 19. He had four rebounds, four assists. Joe continues to impress, and he has really, really put on some strong performances in the past couple games. Yeah, he struggled a little bit in the half, and so I got some good first half minutes, but he truly put the team on his back, the final stretch there. I think he scored like 10 straight going to the three through line, obviously going for eight for eight. He's, he's a, it's a, it's an easy hundred percent for him. And he, I don't know. It's really great to see him, especially after the pressure of last game where, where Jim defended him and, you know, was saying he's been playing great. This is kind of another, you know, instance of Joe silencing all of his haters and, and doubters. So it's good to see Joe put together a good game like this. I think the thing that I love most about this offense is that the teams are so focused on Buddy, who only came out with 14 points in this game. And yes, he is absolutely the heart of this offense. He is like the main guy. But, you know, they they seem to kind of forget that Joe can shoot. And now Cole is really starting to come to life. And that, you know, if, if they can find Jimmy, that Jimmy can knock him down if he really needs to. We've got four shooters out there in the in the on the floor basically all times. So it's nice to have that sort of like fourth and, and you know, third or fourth option to go to. And uh, I feel like players kind of forget sometimes that Joe can shoot and he'll just pull up. Like even when a defender's right on him and drain it, it is beautiful to see. Yeah. He had that last three. I think we were up seven. I can't remember the time, but he had that like step back three, that really sealed the deal for us, and it was, it was lethal. Love to see that from Joe. I do want to kind of backtrack before we sort of uh, go to Buddy's performance uh, and ask you, obviously the biggest question coming into the second half of the season is who is that number two guy? Because it was not really defined throughout the entire year. And now that Cole has had some solid performances throughout the past couple of games. Do you think that we can maybe officially say that Cole is probably that number two guy? Yeah, I think out of everyone, he's been the most consistent. I would say Jesse was giving a good run for his money until today's outing, which we'll get to Jesse in a moment here. But I, I think I think Cole's locked that in. He's he's playing great. And he, I think he's just overall the the right guy for the role. This is something we talked about in previous episodes. He's just he's just the perfect guy to be that number two, because he's of his leadership and obviously his skill set. He's just the perfect guy, and I think I think he's got it, and I hope he runs with it. And don't get me wrong, like 
we love Jesse. We want him to have like I I am so happy when he is the leading scorer on the team um, in a game or when he has a strong performance or something like that. But I think that all around, when you look at the number two guy, you need to have somebody that's a very vocal leader who is going to be the guy that you can look to in you know very clutch situations. And I just think that Cole really fits that category very well, especially because he's shown that in the past couple of games. I look to a guy like, like Joe who could maybe get in his head a little bit if he's having a poor performance. But I think that Cole's mentality is really solid where it doesn't matter if he's, if he's good or bad out there. He's really shown in the past couple of games that good or bad, he's going to put shots up. It's not going to, you know, weigh him down. It's not going to prevent him from, from shooting or anything like that. And I think that it just kind of shows that I've just been really, really impressed with Cole's performance. And I think that he is fully deserving of that number two role that we've been talking about behind buddy yeah i mean obviously the entire team started off missing shots and that includes cole obviously you know he missed his first two or three threes and then he finished five for eight so that you know that sometimes they can get in your head you're like yo like today's on my night i mean obviously shooters have that confidence where they can they'll miss 10 and still shoot the 11th but nonetheless like it does get in your head like it does start to seep in there when you miss you know the first few and you're oh like uh oh like you know, when, when am I going to make one? So it's, it's really good to see, even though the shooting struggle was there in the beginning, that he still ended perfectly fine. Let's move to the second guy who played all 40 minutes in this game uh, for the Orange, and that was Buddy Bayheim. Buddy Bucket scoring two threes. He had 14 points in total. He had six rebounds. Not an off night for him, for sure, but, you know, he still played very well. Um, he still was Buddy Buckets out there. A little bit of a quiet performance. I had no idea that he played for all 40 minutes, but it's nice to see that when Buddy is having, you know, just a, a, a 14-point night that we can still step up and get the dub regardless. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a, a quiet night for Buddy, and that's only because he's not our, our, our leading scorer. But True. he still had, like, really crucial, like, buckets that, that put us ahead at times that were crucial that we needed. So obviously, like overall, he still had a good game. I mean, obviously, I think you know at the end of the day, he probably would have hoped he, sh- he shot a little better, this and that. But regardless, he still had a good game. He's still he's still buddy, and I just think that you know just because he's you know our, our, not our leading scorer kind of makes it seem like he didn't have the best game. But I still think he he had a solid performance. Do want to move to Jimmy, who had eleven, and I don't know, man. I feel like there's been something with Jimmy that um, I feel like his defense is beginning a little bit better that he is starting to become a better all-around player. And he really fits the role very well of like that fourth starter where he's just going to go out there. He's going to grind for 35 minutes that he's out there. And um, in the beginning of the year, he was a little bit streaky. I think that he started to kind of even out a little bit where you can get a consistent, you know, double-digit night out of him. I've been really impressed by his performance like all around um, in the past couple of games. Yeah, it's nice to see him string together a few like just solid performances or like, good performances of you know like I'm not sure exactly what he's averaging these last this last four game winning streak, but double digits obviously, which there was times he was he was heaping below that in games prior and the losses prior. So it's good to see him just be steady and consistent. That's like the main key we need from our guys is just being steady and consistent. If Jimmy gets a stat line every night, you're more or less happy with that because you know other guys are our main scorers. And like there are times when Jimmy has stepped up and he can step up in the future, but baseline, 
this is kind of what we need from him. And if this was giving us that night night out, then I'm happy. I'm going to have a quick little hot take here. I think that because we've seen Jimmy drive in, be ultra aggressive throughout the year uh, when we really, really need it. I feel like he's not doing that because I feel like we don't necessarily need it recently. I think that he's more or less like kind of adjusted to the offense where he's noticing that the shooters are hot. So like, why not get the ball swinging? Why not get the ball moving a little bit? Um, I've noticed that change in his game a little bit where he's been a little bit less aggressive. And I'm certainly not complaining about it because again, he's consistently solid out there. But it just is something that I've noticed that his game plan, I think, has changed just a little bit. And I'm not saying for the better, just it's adjusted with the offense. Yeah, I mean, I think Cole, I guess, in a sense, kind of took his or is taking his points away, quote unquote, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The other four, just kind of, he's kind of stepping up and, and filling in what Jimmy was previously, previously chipping in a bit more. And I think, yeah, I mean, he's making the adjustment and I think he's kind of found his footing in his ground. And, and like I said before, he, you know, his stat line is, is perfectly great and acceptable and we should be happy with that. We do need to move to, I think, the one guy who everybody's kind of pointing at that had a, a really off game. And look, we're all they're all going to have him. Everybody's going to have him. I think that he was probably bound for it and I'm glad that it happened now rather than like against Duke or something like that and that's Jesse he had in 13 minutes he didn't have any points he had two rebounds and he fouled out so it was a really really bad performance I think that Boston College did a great job of bodying him up and forcing the fouls and he was just he just had some silly moves out there and it just wasn't his night and it's you know you're gonna have that as a player and it's just a matter of moving on from that. Yeah, Jim said in his pressure, this this was a no-dunk day for Jesse, and it <laughs> certainly was a no-dunk day. And he also mentioned that they were super physical without, with him out there, and he just couldn't handle it, which is just like a bummer. I mean, I, I would hope in, in a different scenario where he was a bit smarter with his fouls, especially after coming off of like a, a few-game stretch here where you know he had to foul, one foul the previous game, and he hasn't fouled out, I think, in, in any of these wins we've had recently or these, this four-game stretch until today, obviously. So it's just a bummer to see him fall out because in another scenario, it would be nice to kind of, if he was able to get back on his feet. Obviously, he was never able to do that because he was limited based on his falls and followed out and never could like truly find his feet again in this competitive physical game. But in the future, hopefully, there's going to be physical presence in other teams and hopefully he's able to figure it out and you know still find his spots and still contribute to the game. The last time that he fouled out was January 18th against Clemson. So it had been a little bit and there were a stretch of games there where he was going up against pretty physical teams and he seemed to be doing okay where he was only getting maybe two or three fouls and he was still putting up, you know, 19, 19, 12, 8, you know, whatever. He was putting up a pretty decent amount of points. So I think that it was just a matter of they caught him on an off day. He was, again, making some like pretty odd moves there. Boston College did a great job of just bodying him up and it is what it is, man. It's just a matter of like moving on from there and it seems like the players have a pretty good mentality of, hey, look, he had a bad night. It's just a time, you know, matter of who's going to step up and the guy that did step up was Frank who in 23 minutes had six rebounds, five points. He had a fantastic game. Yeah, before we move into the rest of our bench, I do want to pause real quick and ask you if we were to play this game a month ago, same stats, same Jesse following out, do we win? I saw that same exact tweet uh, on our on our feed, but 
um, asking that same exact question, and I have been thinking about it since the start of the episode. I don't think that we win that. I think that we crumble. I think that we get in our heads, but it was a matter of us having confidence, and there was never really a point where I was fearful that we were going to relinquish the lead. Um, We actually had the lead the entire game. And there was never a point where I was like, oh, you know, I think the Boston College is going to go on a run because we did a great job of exposing them because they shot so poorly. They only shot, what was it, 6% in the first half. So I was never really like fearful of it. But I think if we play this game a month ago before this run, yeah, we probably lose the game and we probably like we probably beat ourselves more than Boston College beats us. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, even if we scroll back to that kind of more recent Pittsburgh loss, another clunker game, slow. Like, like it was, it was just like a game you kind of almost didn't want to watch because it's like it was just not really good basketball. Things were sloppy and just not very, not very appealing to the eye to say the least. <laughs> so it's yeah. I mean, I, I so I, I guess it does mean that we've made some, some good strides in this four game winning streak. We do feel like we have a different team presence even though this wasn't the the way we won those those the last three we still found a way to win I think that's important thing to have in our tool belt even even though we had a bad game even though Jesse was a, a, a zero for us we still found a way to keep our composure to a degree obviously it wasn't pretty but we still got a W so at the end of the day that's what matters hopefully we can you know not let ourselves get into this position you know especially against against a better team but nonetheless got the w and gotta be happy about that i mean we talked about it on the last episode zach like what do we do when jesse has a poor game well we just answered our own question it seems like the shooter step up cole was huge he was a lot bigger than i think that he was going to be like if you told me that jesse was going to have a poor game where he doesn't score any points i would have told you that hey probably buddy has a great game or joe has a great game and Joe did have a great game and Buddy did put on a pretty solid performance. But I think that Cole really, really showed again that he is the number two guy. And then again, to go back to Frank, I mean, he did a great job filling up off the filling on the uh, filling the bench, just doing doing a great job, doing what he does best and uh, really, really putting in a solid performance. Another guy off the bench did well. And even Jim mentioned that he wished he got more time because he had a good first half outing was was Saimir coming in, two points, moving the ball, three assists in 10 minutes, really moved the ball well. And I I just love, we're always huge on Saimir. I love all the minutes he gets. And especially this game, he put a really solid performance in. And it is it is a bummer. He he actually went out to the, the scorer's table, but then... <laughs> Joe scored two threes or whatever, so Jim had to cut, make him come back. Which I I feel like I haven't. You don't really see that that often. Where a guy goes to the to the scores table and the coach is like, actually, never mind, never mind. Well, if the the reason why was because Joe had a very very silly turnover, and you could tell that Jim was really pissed because he immediately like ran over to Samir, said you know get in there. And Samir sprinted to the to the score table, and like you said, Zach, he hit Joe hit two threes out there. So I'm assuming that Jim was probably like, all right, he made up for the for the lack in judgment there. But um, yeah, Samir, even in just one half, he put on a great performance and doing what he does best, spreading the ball around, spreading the wealth around. Um, another really really good outing out of him. And it was a couple of games ago where Jim was kind of saying that the bench needs to step up, that they need to actually like 
put on a better production because they they weren't holding the uh, the lead at the time enough. And I think that the bench has really done that. I think that they've stepped up quite a bit. I think that Frank has done a great job. I think that Samir's done a great job. And you're seeing that that Benny's getting some minutes too. Yeah, Benny had six minutes in this game, and it's always good to see him at least get some run, even though you know he has struggled overall these this this stretch here and it's it's a bummer to kind of see him struggle but at least he's getting some minutes and play time I guess one thing I was thinking about before this is this if you are on the bench if you're in Benny's perspective and I think he he's like mature enough to kind of understand just in terms of like the argument of should you play Benny more or should you play Benny not I mean obviously like when we're winning and the forwards are playing the way are it's kind of hard to you know, argue for Benny to play, but back the, back in the, in the day when people were like, "Oh, you know, our forwards aren't playing well and we're losing. Like, why not play Benny more?" It's just like the guy on the bench, first and foremost, needs to understand why he's on the bench. You know? Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think that it's probably taken a little bit for maybe like fans to kind of understand that why Benny is on the bench. Because I think for me too, like I was questioning why Benny was not being played enough, but like in hindsight, you kind of look at the performance of the forwards and you, you think to yourself, well, maybe they needed to kind of figure it out. Or maybe, um, John Bolajac needed to be in there as like a wild card because nothing was working at the time. And if you put Benny in, you know, you put him in a situation where maybe he's like bound to fail. Why don't you have him on the bench, like learning why Jim is doing this and I'm sure that Jim understands that Ballant ha- Benny has enough talent to, you know, be out there as long as he needs to. But at the same time, like, you've got to play out of the best guys that you have out there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I am, I'm with most of everyone wanting more Benny minutes. Like, I can't wait till the day I, I see, you know, a 40-minute Benny game. But I, I think that's not quite yet and probably not in the horizon this year. I mean, maybe. Never say never, but... <laughs> For being for being truly honest, I don't think we're going to see a forty minute game from Benny this year. But nonetheless, like we do got to be patient, and I think we are being patient with them. And I think right now, since we are winning, it allows us to be a little bit more patient with Benny. Like he's not going to be our saving grace. That pressure is not on him. We need just we just need to go out there, do what he can do in his minutes. Hopefully, you know, game by game, we can get better here and there or do something. And that's all we can really ask for at this moment. I do got to ask you, Zach. So this game really showed what we can do on both sides of the ball. Have you been happy with the defense that you've seen over the past like three games? Um, It's always hard because defensively, I mean, like I do think we're using our length on defense and that's, that's the only thing we can really go to when it comes to defense. Cause obviously like our speed and, athleticism in terms of just in terms of speed but in terms of length that's that's athleticism we can use and I think we are using that better than we have in the past you know like obviously these guys Boston College just missed shots straight up but I do think we you know contested some of them were in the face closeouts here and there that you know made them more, more uncomfortable more 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 unlikely to make the shot I mean I don't think I, I do think we've had better defensive outings than these, than especially today and just in general. So it, it's it's always hard to be truly satisfied in defense, just because I think our our ceiling, I guess, for defense, truly isn't that high. I guess we haven't really seen 
a great, great defensive game so far. So it's like it's truly hard to be like truly happy if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think um one sort of counterpoint to like Jim who is saying that this is really good defense that we've been playing. They scored 40 points in the paint, and obviously that's testament to, to Jesse not being in there for too long. But that's something that I think that we need to kind of prevent. We have the length to sort of stop that. Um, and again, when your center is not scoring any points and when he's fouling out, you know, in 13 minutes of play, that makes it a little bit tough. And Frank isn't necessarily like strong enough, I guess, to really hold his own for an entire like 40 minutes out there or as long as Jesse's been playing. Um, Frank had a couple of great blocks, so don't get me wrong, but um, I think that this is something that we do need to prevent. I have enjoyed the defense a little bit more than I have the, the like a month prior. Um, everything is just much better than it was like a month prior, but there is still like things that we need to work on, which is good. I think like it's, it shows that we can still like, this isn't our ceiling. Our ceiling is actually much higher than this. And I think with defense, I don't think that we've seen, I agree with you, Zach. I don't think that we've seen like a great game from us defensively. And I do think that we have it actually in us. Yeah, because here's the thing. If we played good defense, this would not have been a nine-point win. No, not at all. So I think that's kind of the main takeaway. Obviously, like it, we haven't had a full game of good defense, but this shuts us down the line. There, there's times when we need to clamp down a bit more on defense. And based on performances, based on skill, and just based on trajectory of the season, we're definitely a better team than BC and I think I mean nine point win. That's that's you know that's a solid win. We'll take it. But ultimately, like we we could have we could have this could have been another twenty point win. This could have been a fifteen point win. You know, like and I think that just comes down to you know defensive, de- our defense and not getting stops. So with the win, we move up in the ACC rankings. We're actually now seventh in the ACC rankings behind Virginia. Um, and then like, you've got the, the big five Duke, Notre Dame, Wake Forest, UNC and Miami. I think to get to that number five spot would really be like, I would feel much more comfortable about our, our chances heading into like the ACC tournament. If we were in that sort of number five position, but overall, man, like the ACC has just been absolutely crazy. We saw Duke lose the other night and it just shows that like, you cannot predict the ACC this year even more than years prior. The whole like conference is just, it's it's crazy this year. Yeah, like you said, Duke just lost, and that was to Virginia, who is currently up ahead of us in the conference standing, which is a little bit unfortunate for us. I mean, I like it in one sense because it's like another instance that Duke can lose, and you know maybe our conference is a bit better than it's getting the respect for. But also, if you if you compare resumes right now, Virginia has us. Yeah, for so sure. That's unfortunate. But overall, like the ACC is looking looking pretty open. There's there's a lot of opportunity, and there, there's still a bunch of games to be played. And I think it's gonna be really interesting to see where where things kind of pan out at the, the next few weeks here. And before we wrap up, Zach, do got to give a quick little shout out to the women's team who beat Virginia 77 to 70, a very, very good dub. They moved to 10 and 12 on the year. And considering everything, man, that they've been through, they're still having a a pretty solid outing. They're still having a a pretty decent year. Yeah, I mean, we try to stay as tapped in as we can with the women's team. It's it's hard to always stay tapped in because 
you know, they, they play, they played today, right? Yeah. They played earlier today. And then there, there's obviously the key, the men's game today as well. So it's, 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 it's hard to keep track. And I guess that's just, you know, a good excuse, but <laughs> nonetheless, good to see the women's team get a dub and shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice to, to cheer them on, but uh, back to the men's side of things. The next game coming up, Zach, is a very, very, very tough contest against Virginia Tech on Saturday, February 12th at 6 o'clock. It's going to be on ESPN2. And the biggest issue, Zach, it's going to be at Virginia Tech. And I don't know about you, but I really don't like when we play at Virginia Tech. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one. I do think this is obviously, I mean, all these games recently played are, are winnable games. I mean, any game we play, I think, is winnable. But this is definitely going to be a tough one. And in a way, like, I think every game, every next game is the next biggest game. Particularly this one, I just feel like we have similar record. They're on a four-game winning streak. They just had a week off, which we talked about before we pushed record. And it's just like, I think they're going to be prepped and ready. They're in their own their own, their own, own arena. So it's going to be a tough one. It's you know, on a road for us, so... I don't know. It's going to be tough. The last two games that they played, they killed Pittsburgh once. And then the game before that, they beat Pittsburgh again. And then they beat Georgia Tech and Florida State. So not the strongest opponents in the world, but at the same time, like not entirely slouches either. Again, the ACC is just so topsy-turvy that like anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So it's going to be a really, really big contest. And I agree with you, Zach. I think it's going to be like the game of the year so far where... We need to get this win to kind of keep the ball rolling, go to a five-game win streak, and then head into a home game against Boston College. After this game, too, we get a week off. So it'd be nice to kind of get that rest. I know Jim mentioned that like the team is probably a little bit tired at this point because they played so many games over the past like week and a half. So it's been a really, really tough stretch, but I don't know about you, man, but I've been really, really pleasantly surprised with the way that this team has performed. Yeah, I'm so happy to be aboard this train, chugging along. Next stop, Blacksburg, Virginia against Virginia Tech and, you know, so on and so forth. It's been super fun. And it's just really exciting to be winning again. I mean, even with the scope of the, AC or the NCAA tournament and just all that. Nonetheless, regardless of anything, it's just good to be on a four-game winning streak, to, to be winning games again, and just feeling good about the program, the team, and just... Just going in an upward trajectory, it feels really good. I think if you're a player, I think that you just need to have the mentality of just keep your head down, keep grinding, keep focusing on the next opponent, next game mentality. It's so cliche to say it, but like when you're on a, a track like this, when you're trying to kind of um, you know, create an opportunity for your, your team sort of down later in the season, whether that's playoffs or, or whatever, I think that that's just sort of the healthy mentality that you need to have where you just need to have the next game mentality, the next opponent you got is Virginia Tech, and kind of go from there. Yeah, we're in tunnel vision mode from here on out. We've, we've mentioned this several times. Like Cam said, it's, it's next game, and that's all we care about. And just one more reminder, next game, February 12th, 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Thank God it's not on ESPN, but also we don't get a chance to break that ESPN curse. We like ESPN too. We do like ESPN too. We really like ESPN too. So if you can watch it, please do. And before we wrap up, like I had mentioned in the beginning of the episode, episode 20 for us here at the 2-3. And we just want to give a, like a little thank you to all of you who follow us on social media. If you don't, 
go follow us at two, three podcast. And it's just been, it's been a really, really fun ride for Zach and I, it's something that I think that we've really kind of dreamed about doing for a very long time. And the fact that, um, we've gotten the interaction that we've gotten this, the, the positive vibes on social media and on the podcast has been great. And we just want to thank you all for listening. Yeah, I mean, whether this is your first episode you've listened to or the 20th, which I don't know who you are if you listen to the 20 episodes, but <laughs> thank really you. appreciate <laughs> you listening. And uh, it's been cool. We do feel a little disconnected from you guys since, you know, we, we have a map of where your people listen, which is kind of creepy, but <laughs> it's cool to see that people are listening across the country and the world. So, yeah, I mean, just one last time, just want to say thanks for listening. Yeah, wherever you're listening, whether that be in New York or whether it be across the United States or even on the other side of the pond, we thank you very much. And after, until after the uh, Virginia Tech game, we will see you later. Let's go, Cuse.